Welcome to another edition of Top Lines and Tales. This week we're sponsored by Harbro, manufacturers and suppliers of quality livestock nutrition. Welcome to another edition of Top Lines and Tales, where this week I'm heading across the water to Northern Ireland to speak to a commercial calf producer who, together with his well-known father and his lesser-known brother, has one of the, become one of the top teams not only in Northern Ireland, but also across the shows in Scotland, England and Wales. So hi, Gareth. How are you doing? Hi, Hayley. How are you doing? Uh, I think I'm going to apologise here, first everyone. Firstly, because I have a bit of the cold, oh. and secondly, for maybe boring everybody, but I'll do my best just to try and keep it as interesting as I can. No, not at all. For a, for a young lad, you've been in the game a long time and you've got some pretty good stories to tell. Well, so, maybe. <laughs> that feels like a long time now when you do look back now. Maybe starting to feel like I'm getting old now. Oh, plenty of years ahead of you yet, but uh, you're telling me you're, you're not you're not from a sort of traditional farming background like some of the other folk we've spoken to, and you, your dad wasn't really from a farming family at all. No, uh, I suppose I would like to maybe classify myself now as probably first generation farm yeah. and maybe through the what we've done ourselves, but don't, dad, definitely not, not farming background at all. Although that's probably a wee bit unfair in saying that in the fact is that dad would have had an uncle called Jim McGill and when dad would have been a young man, a young boy actually, he at the time would have been recognised as one of the biggest cattle dealers in Ireland and would have been one of the first people to export those blue-grey type females into Scotland and the north of England. And Dad would have lived beside a mart. And one of the funniest stories I always remember Granny saying, and, and to be honest, in hindsight, it's not funny, was Dad mitched off school and got the bus, went down to Belfast. Now, you've got to remember, this was at the start of the Troubles, and spent all day in Alums now. Alums was really, really famous back then, and nobody knew where he was. No mobile phones, no nothing. Dad landed back home that night with a lift, and like I can just imagine what Granny was like that night. <laughs> you guys are scalped, that's for sure. I'm telling you. And then a big influence on Dad would have been Tony Cunningham, who, as our local butcher, and that butchers is still in the Cunningham's family, and they'll be family friends. And to be honest, Kayleigh, I'd say what sealed the deal for Dad or made the the bite bug bite him was he actually went on a trip to Smithfield and he seen the bandit and to be honest that was it hooked from then on and I mean this in the most most best and biggest compliment ever probably the McPhersons would be a massive influence on where we are now today and yeah I would say yeah definitely that that's what bit dad the bandit seeing the Smithfield oh, and so how long was it then? How long was it then before he got his own beast and got started on himself? Well, we he started out at early, early his early years would have been just at the local fat stocks and he'd done quite well and we won our local fat stock. And then suppose 1996 was when dad really took the big plunge. And like when I think back on this, I'm like, Jesus, this is unbelievable. So he's a total greenhorn. I think earlier on in that year, he had bought some cattle in Carlisle and I'm pretty sure two of them came from James Little's dad, a Little of the Guards, and I always remember Dad loved. Yeah. He actually visited Little of the Guards, one of his favourite places he's ever been to and always the nicest people and he always speaks to them so, so highly and took these cattle back. So pure Greenhorn Kayleigh went back and 
did Birmingham and Smithfield that year with the help of Pete Bodley and like like stuff a legend like he went across with a heifer a pedigree blue heifer she was locally bought her name was Ballygrange Matilda and first ever goal went across had reserve overall champion at Birmingham heifer champion pedigree champion then went on to Smithfield and I think again he had maybe reserve overall heifer champion pedigree champion and uh, like when he seen Smithfield and experienced it for himself that was it like it was I suppose it maybe came and some people might say a bad obsession but in our opinion it was a healthy obsession and that was always the goal yeah. was to try and win Smithfield and if you speak to any of the older generation that have been there and of course Andy who I would then have met in 2000 and I mean like I'd heard about Andy Fraser and his, I'd have heard about him through the shorts and how good he was at the clipping and that and just meeting people like that and that that's what Smithy was all about. The fact it was in London, yeah. the fact the whole ambience, the atmosphere, the ring, just everything about it, the royalty being there and I give a few stories to say later, like we were very lucky because of George and that royalty <laughs> and things like that but I suppose yeah. that, that 1986 year just, I suppose it put dad on a path that never really came off and so was probably put me on the same path as well and then I suppose yeah. uh, what was the next step for dad then and then so a phone call actually to Donald McPherson got the whole thing really really kicking off and I, I, Donald maybe doesn't even remember this but dad phoned Donald one weekend and just asked him straight out would he be interested in showing some cattle but Donald was very helpful and just said that obviously himself and his dad were still big into and wanted to achieve and do their own things, but he put us on to George Cormick. And like the amount of success dad and George had over the years was unbelievable. Without, to be honest, Keely, never really got over the line. And I do think dad felt not guilty, but a bit bad about that for George. I think the only thing George didn't win was Smithfield, the overall at Smithfield. I think now I could be wrong on that, but. I mean, some of the cattle George brought out for Dad were unbelievable. Like, I think back on Tic Tac that some people would know, would remember. Like, that's talk, you're talking about, that's early 2000, maybe even to, maybe even very early 2000s, which we sent over. And then yeah. there was ones like Not A Bull and Black Velvet came from the geek. Then you had Treble Chance, who was probably our most successful one. Uh, and he came from the Milne family up in Aberdeen. Obviously, Elgin, Charlie's, I mean, everybody knows them. And, mm. you know, we had a couple other ones like Jubilee from Don Anderson. And we had uh, Bullock from Fetus and, you know, a few other stories I could tell you about. We we, we thought we owned Danny Boy and a few other things. And oh, there's some brilliant stories through George and that, you know. But to, to be honest, yeah. during that time as well, Kayleigh, like, obviously, we were shown at home and... Uh, I suppose to be honest things wouldn't have been going that well showing wise at home like we would have been buying the what we would have said the best calves out of southern Ireland and trying to then win alums and, and port it down which which over here was especially alums was was a holy grail to dad like the trophies absolutely amazing and the atmosphere that was in yes. alums at Belfast and it hold, held a lot of childhood memories for dad and got dad got introduced and was talking to Walter Short and things developed on and then Walter took over the show at the cattle after a conversation where he sort of pretty much said to dad and 
if anybody knows Walter, they just know this is Walter down to the T. And it wasn't big-headed, it wasn't arrogance, this was just Walter Short summed up. He just pretty much said to Dad that if he if we let Walter have our cattle, he guaranteed we'd win the shows. And <laughs> that's just Walter down to the T. And to be fair, within two years, he delivered because in the second year, Kaylee, we, we literally won everything. Like we took two teams uh-huh. to the two big fat stock shows of us, and the first one was the Automart Portadown fat stock, and that was run by Libby and her late father, and that's probably one of the most enjoyable shows, Christmas shows you could ever go to. It was absolutely full of cattle, the bulls, the atmosphere. Libby and her dad were just brilliant at running it it was a wee bit different in the fact is that Libby wanted to go down the road of not haltered so the cattle all went into this massive big like sandy ring and they were all loose and and that year it was Archie McGregor came over to judge and we won with a Charlie Bullock called Highlander and I think we had we could have had maybe five cattle in total there that night we had champion and we had the GB champion supermarket champion maybe reserve in the housewives and i think the five cattle had five firsts so it was an amazing night and like i i think i think like this is going back this is this is this is around the i, I couldn't even remember the year off the top of my head Kelly, but i think like we had about three grand prize money at that show that night like it was an amazing <laughs> show bad, so so well run and then a week later we went to alums and I suppose the pressure was on a wee bit because we had a very good homebred heifer and a good story about that was we showed that calf biddy a year before as a calf and I was obviously at boarding school at the time and I used to go up at the weekends and I was spent time with Walter and Flory and Trevor and I would have learned a lot from them and there was one at the time Walter was breeding Anguses and Trone Blacks and we went into the field to see Biddy and I was like I couldn't pick her out from these Anguses and Welsh Blacks. I, I, I genuinely nearly cried and and Walter put his arm around my shoulder and this was the middle of summer. <laughs> he says he says, Don't you panic, that'll win alums. And that, that was the type of things with Walter. And I, I look back on it with amazement now. Like he just said things, but he delivered. And again, anybody that knew him, like he was probably one of the most amazing stockmen, Kaylee. Like he was he was so far ahead of his time, it's not even funny, like he was doing him and trevor were doing things that people are only catching on to now like i remember at one time our cattle were in an iceland freezer you know what i mean like to get the hair to grow on them and we i would apply a lot of principles i would have learned off them like like the cattle were in tiny pens and then they were exercised and things like that there's just just two people are way ahead of the time and so we got round to alums and we had three cattle at it and we won the limousine championship, the Charlie championship, third in the housewives. Then we won overall champion and reserve overall champion. And Neil Call from Aberdeen judged that year. And I, 99.99% sure that's a feat that was never, it was the first time anybody ever had champion reserve at it, but nobody had ever won the two fast dogs in the one year, I don't think. I'm pretty sure they didn't. Okay. And it was just a brilliant a brilliant finish to a brilliant year and it was probably my first real hands-on experience with the cattle whereas I would have been heavily involved and Walter and Trevor would have let me done a lot and, and, and would have really put me on the road maybe then to starting to think that you know this is something that I could see myself doing and, and really did enjoy it and then unfortunately 
unfortunately Walter passed away and I suppose that was a massive blow for everybody that was involved with him. A real, real loss to the industry. And then I suppose, Kayleigh, we came round to 2000 and that was the year 2000, that was Smithfield and for me that was my first trip to it and Ah, sure. Like as I said already, like that was the first time I would have met Andy and a lot of the other people and characters that really made Smithfield what it was. And you know, it was just—it's just hard to explain, Kelly. And I, I'd like to just try to because it is probably the saddest thing that I—I I, I would nearly call myself—I call myself one of the last Smithfield children. As in the fact is that I was very lucky. I got to experience it, and like even silly things like you—you know—you come up out of the train station you got the tube you got the the plane and then the tube and then the train station and you come up out and you come up a massive big escalator and you see Stanford Bridge and you see Earl's Court in front of you and you just think to yourself how the hell could a cattle show ever be here and then you go in Kayleigh through the doors and you're looking left and right and there's car blue carpet everywhere and then there's about a hundred people going about constantly cleaning vacuuming picking up dust and dirt and the smell like it's just so hard to explain but it's just this weird but lovely smell of sawdust and then you come in and you, you go to you start towards and you see all the machinery stands and then you get towards the cattle section and before you even get to the cattle section there was a stand and it had a magazine and in the magazine they would talk about the show and oh they'd be talking about the McPhersons and the Dunlops and the team the Smalls had and everybody and they'd be thinking out maybe who could be the winner this year and it just created that a magical atmosphere and then you got to the stalls and the line up the cattle and then you looked over to the other side and there was a ring and there was gold sawdust and you had the massive big screen and then when the show was on the lights and the people and the people looking down on you it's like being playing in a football stadium and then you had the commentator and like he did his homework on everybody like he was telling stuff about all the exhibitors and oh, Kaylee, like I don't think there'll ever be anything ever like it again I'd say the modern day Smithy is Agri Expo. Mm-hmm. Like the whole atmosphere that they've created in Carlisle right. is probably the, the only thing that comes close to it. But like honestly, if I could go back in time and do something again, still it'd not be, no, it'd be to have another Smithy in London and two two thousand for us was a massive year for, for lots of reasons, personal reasons as well, and the fact is that so we we would have had fifteen cattle in total at it, ten with George and and five with the shorts and i suppose again typical walter after we won alums he was a great man for setting goals and dad and walter had a great relationship and so walter's next goal was well we have to win smithfield and we had a team picked out and and to be honest they were there was three black bollocks went across and three as good a black bollocks as i've ever seen at one time and there was a pocket rocket danny boy and a sooty and that's what the three were called and yeah. a so they brought there was five in total came out one was a calf as well and there was another heifer came across with with the shorts and so we had a great show between the two of us dad and his 10 ended up with seven first two seconds and a third and i do believe that that's actually was a post-war record for actual number of firsts by an exhibitor of live cow. I think Davy Sinclair holds the record as in he is the most first ever at one Smithfield and he had, but he had live and dead cattle, I think. I think that's the way it went. Right. And then I had 
two firsts and a second. And that a lot of people had Pocket Rocket maybe as the one of the favourites in the one or two to win. Dad tipped me to the post and he had reserve champion with treble chance that was bred by Matthew Milne and his family up in Elgin and the Dunlops yeah. won with lip gloss and yeah it was a great show because we got into that famous glass box and it's a memory I'll have to the day I die with Dad and it was very poignant too because Flory came across and showed the cattle and, and to me she'll always be one of the the best ever ladies as shown cattle. Now, don't get me wrong, we've some amazing ladies in the industry. You know, I mean, you've got so, so many over the years, but there was something yeah. very special about Flory showing a beast, and anybody that remembers her showing would, would definitely back me up on that. You know, but on a, pers- on a personal note, for me, the the bug, I, I'd say I, I caught this my field bug that year. I definitely did, you know, Kayleigh. I can't. Yeah. I'd say that was the moment where I realised that, Jesus, this is different. This is different league altogether over here, you know. I absolutely. And then a few years later on, you you kind of you started doing a bit better with more beasts along the way, didn't well, you? Well, I suppose we we had look. I suppose we had some we had some very good years in between. You I mean I suppose Walter passing away would have been a massive, massive blow for us. Uh, in the fact is that Walter was very ambitious. I suppose, you know, you can look back and think on things in hindsight, but Dad and I did talk about this once. I would say what probably would have happened was we would have, if Walter hadn't passed away, we probably would have had less cattle across the water and probably would have farmed Walter's farm with Walter in charge and would have went down the line of pedigrees with them and that would have been our base instead of across the water because George was getting on. But unfortunately... Walter passed away and I suppose George was getting older and looking towards her retirement. And then, yeah, we had some we had some other good years with some other people in between. But I suppose by 2012, I wouldn't have been maybe personally that happy with the way things were going, the type of cattle we had. And then after discussion with Dad, I sort of had said that, look, I wanted to take over and maybe bring them out myself not as in take over as in like dad was still the boss at this stage and he, he still is he might say i'm the boss but he's still the boss but just that i would like to try and maybe put our own stamp and go our own direction own direction and to be honest Keely, the original yeah. plan probably that day was written down was to breed or find a uk style beast with irish power and let me tell you Keely, that is not easy and still a challenge to today nope. but if you can get it right, you know, it's definitely a great click because that that is like the the the, sta- the standard and and of cattle across the war at that time was just phenomenal. Like you're looking at maybe your your more you know, correctness, your style, your heads and that there was and maybe more into meat, whereas we like that more of a carcass type power type beast. So yeah. always the the image was that if we could try and sort of get the two together, you know, we'd have something that was enough to satisfy the the scotch people with style and then maybe blow the english and welsh people away with the power of them so that was always the 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 plan or the philosophy and i suppose keely maybe it sort of came to fruition pretty quickly like we had a good 2013 with some homebred cattle but uh and i would have helped james alexander a bit in 2013 where he had a great year and then then in the 2014 I would say that that was the year that really got things going, or as I would say, 
we finally got over that finish line. Uh, we had Aye, a couple of year for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, 2014, a year that I'll just suppose live live long in memory. For, again, a few personal reasons that I'll explain just as we go through 2014. But you know, it's a nice a nice finish to it. To be honest, Keely, uh, yeah. we had a we had a couple of very good homebred Charlie heifers, but we were looking for a black heifer just to sort of complement them. And and before anyone goes off and wants all oh, those smalls, only like black heifers no uh, we have no preference but if anybody knows us we probably do have a soft spot for a yellow heifer but we got speaking to James uh, James Alexander and he had told us to come and have a look and he thought he had some calves and to be fair to James he said that other people had been in and looked but he would he would like us to see if, if we thought anything would suit us and uh, so we got down and we went through them and we got well, we thought that on the day was a super calf called Maya. And, like, uh, I thought we had got something special that day. But then we've seen another calf. And just sometimes in this job, Kaylee, you just get a moment, a lightning bolt moment, a goosebumps moment. I don't know how to describe it, but you just see something that just is so, so special. And there she was, hairy, hungry horns no mum run about a pain of 20 cows and calves stealing and she looked at us and she, she i've never seen a calf kaylee that has as big a plates with no shoulder now to yeah. us we think in our opinion that's what the scottish stroke uk type people they want they want width but with no roughage or frontage irish people believe that's that's a myth that's impossible because I had been taught over here that how do you carry width with no shoulder? But if you can ever yeah. get that, you've got something very special. And Khaleesi was that beast. And when we seen her that day, uh, just thought there was something very special about her. So didn't get her bought that day. And Mark, this is Mark's claim to fame anyway, when Khaleesi was. So James's wife's from Kilkeel. And he was up at Christmas time and he came out for a few pints and it was in the local hotel and eventually got the deal done. But me and James were arguing over £500 and Mark just says, look, that's it, deal's done, we'll get another pint. And that was it. And and the rest, the rest just went, went was hissed. I say, it just, to be honest, Kelly, it probably just spiralled out of control because we got her onto a cow and James took the horns off her before she came up the road. He got her sucking a cow, eh, he took the horns off her. She came up the road, and then just the rest is history. Like I've never seen an animal just just kept going. And and a, a few wee tricks of the trade probably I shouldn't be giving away. Khaleesi actually sucked a cow from the moment she came till the moment she finished her career. And like she went away for breaks. <laughs> well, she went away for say a week at Balmoral and didn't suck a cow. Didn't mo didn't moo at the show at all. But would come back home and just straight yeah. into sucking the cow again. And she would she would go out to the crush, suck her mum, her new mum, and then come straight back in. And she wouldn't lift her head from the feeder for about 10 minutes. She just, it was as if she wanted to be good. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that that was the Aye. things that were so special about her. Like, So we uh, we got we got her, well, first of all, she went to Beef Expo and she won the calf section in it. No, sorry, she won at Balmoral where she was reserve champion to a very good heifer from Jack Smith called Mojo. 
who in Ireland had a great show where she was winning in the Interbreeds Junior and Reserve in the Senior Interbreed. And then she went to Beef Expo where she won the Cavs. And then she yeah. won the Northern Ireland Commercial Club Show, which was our first overall at it. And then she went back to Agri Expo and won. And I think she's the first and only beast to win the Cavs at Beef Expo and then win the Beef at Agri Expo. And then Bye. I suppose we... Uh, we started to get into the Christmas season then, and uh, I suppose first up was Live Scott. And I suppose at this stage, a bit of pressure was on. A few people were starting to talk about the treble. Could we do it? And you know, it had never been done before. And, you know, we knew we had a couple of good cattle going across. Not only Khaleesi, we had some very, very good homebred heifers, candy floss and cotton candy. So the three of them yeah. went across, and we got to... The Scottish Winter Fair. Now, I'll have to be honest, I don't really remember much about the Scottish because it was under a bit of pressure that day. Steph had shown Khaleesi all year and she was actually in a trip in Canada along with a few of the other girls that had won it for a competition. And so we got there and Duncan McGregor came in that morning and he could see I was under pressure. He was like, Gareth, would you calm down? You've got this in the bag. And I was like, looked at him and he says, do you think? And he goes, yeah, but it's not with that one. <laughs> and I looked at him and he goes, if ever there's a beast for Will Owen, it's that yellow Charlie Heifer. And he was right. So yeah. we had a great day that day with Candy Floss. And she won the Heifer's Exhibitor Bread overall and was actually the first ever Life Scott champion. So that was a, a lovely thing to say for us and her being homebred. And then Bye. it was full steam ahead for Smithfield. And... To be honest, that's very, very uh, fulfilling for us because from the moment Dad set foot as a young person, seeing the band at Smithfield, that was always his dream, was to be the first Irish person to win Smithfield. And the fact that we did it together, we did the work together, we found the beast, you know, it was just a lovely, lovely finish to to an amazing year. And, And very, very poignant in that year was Trevor was a great help that year Trevor Short Walter's son he made and designed the feed which was the original feed his dad fed our show cat lawn for them they had that all year and Trevor was at every show and did the journey with me and I suppose as a family and two families it was just a a lovely way just to maybe just finish off a, a story that should have been finished by somebody else but just circumstances didn't allow it and absolutely still, still to do it together a, yeah yeah i it just, do it, it together a with a, a wee really horny that you found you know to yeah. see that potential in her is just uh, a great story for for both families really isn't it mm, it was kaylee you know it, it was because like again anybody that knew walter was he was so ambitious so ahead of his time like like i i, I never forget some of the conversations with him and the influences he had on me and i'll, I'll always be forever grateful to the short family do you know what I mean Walt, especially Walter do you know I mean a big big influence on me so he was uh-huh. uh, and you know that that kind of 2014 was a heck of a year for you but they they just sort of kept on coming after that well, so in 2015 yeah well to be honest I know we're gonna we'll probably chat about a few cat later on and I know a lot of people have asked us over the years the best ones you've had the best ones you've seen but 2015, we showed up at Heifer Club Pocahontas. And without being biased, and 
a hand on heart, I would say she's probably the best commercial I've ever seen in my life. Not everybody's cup of tea, but for what we want, like a show beast that had that much power, that correct. Uh, I haven't seen one like her since or before. And she had an absolute ding-dong battle all that year with another very good Irish heifer called Price Tag, which was bred by Keith Williamson and his dad, Stephen. And so they went back and forth all summer over here in Ireland. And then she was, here's these bloody McPhersons coming again. <laughs> so she she was actually person purchased by Don McPherson. And I, I don't want to forget John Curry here because he he was involved with this effort. And, uh, you know, he nearly could have been called John McPherson because he was such a big part of their family. And, and John John's a good, good friend of mine and has been very, very good to me over the years and always made me feel welcome, even though he is a big Rangers fan and I'm a big Celtic fan, but we don't let that get in the way. But... Well, he's oh, yes. well, had a side for now because I, I, have, I have great fun with John at the shows and, and Donald and they've always been very good to, to us. So the two heifers then went, I thought maybe we'd got rid of this heifer and we'd be going across, but the two of them were going at it again in the UK. So they got to Expo and, and we, we beat Price Tag at Expo. She was second to us. And to be honest, I think a lot of people thought that day that would have been champion reserve. And, and then we got to the to the Winter Fair and Price Tag won and we were reserve. And, you know, I mean, you were nearly splitting hairs between the two heifers. Do you know what I mean? But they were, they were two exceptional, mm-hmm. exceptional heifers. And, and to be honest, Keely, that's... One of the fondest photos we have in our house is that there's a picture of the two heifers and and Donald and John and ourselves and you know, it has pride of place at home and you know uh, again I've mentioned the McPhersons before but they've they've been a massive influence on what we've done like going back to the band that probably started the bug Donald's advice to to Dad and all like I remember at times. I'd have been at the Cali myself and old Ewan and, and his wife would have been there and they'd have took you over and sat you down for a cup of tea and the stories he would tell and, you know, like absolute yeah. legends of the industry. And I suppose maybe I've always looked up to them and maybe hoped that, you know, sort of aspired to that that would be sort of the same sort of thing as Dad and myself. I mean, that maybe one day people would talk about us in the same breath. So they they've always always had a big influence on us and, and John the same first people to congratulate you're you know always there for advice and and, and believe it or not Kaylee I know Don did his own podcast and he chatted about the cattle and chatted about his experiences with his dad and I thought it was an amazing listen to it. and I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say this but we probably listened to it about 10 times <laughs> but probably one of the things that sticks out for us the most was Andy was pressing Donald for his all-time best show beast and I suppose Andy was sort of pushing a few at it, the bandit himself and Straw A, Dancing Queen and a few others, but don't put his foot down and it was Adamant Nope. It's only one and it was Strawberry Blonde by Dermot Small from Dermot Small and I and only people that are in the industry or, or you know have been in it a long time would, would understand that like see to loss that actually means as much as winning a show because for Dad and I, and people turn and say, it's okay for you to say this, Gareth, because you, you've been lucky, your family has won so much. But and, and I can understand where people come from, but all we've ever wanted out of this job was to do our best, to show the cattle to the best standard we could, and for the top stockmen, the McPhersons, the Dunlops, the Vances, the Nesbits, the Betts, all these people across the water, then you go down into Wales, you've got them all in England, you're 
your Tequan Joneses, to name but a few. All, all we've ever wanted is for people to say that, yeah, these people belong here and these are bloody good at the job. And that that's yeah. that probably for us was the biggest thing when probably one of the nicest things ever was when Donald said that in the podcast. And I, I'll be forever grateful for yeah. him for saying that. Absolutely. With all the beasts he's seen as well, and it's, it's truly cemented you. I think you've, you've done it for yourselves, but cemented you within the industry is some of the best in it. And and I, so Pocahontas was a heck of a beast for you, wasn't she? What all did she win then? Well, to be honest, Kelly, she didn't actually win that much. I mean, she was, she was... She was out as a, a Balmoral as a cab, but she was only very small, and, and she was there. James Nesbitt judged that year, and, and the James, actually, James and I nearly fell out that year. He gave us reserve, and I suppose that's why our friendship is so good now. We started off on a bad footing, but we were reserve with a very good heifer called Cookie that day, and I was talked yeah. about her in his podcast, but no, I, so she was there at, at Balmoral, and then she was reserve overall champion at the Northern Ireland Commercial Show, and then she won her class at Expo, and then she was reserve at the Winter Fair. And I would uh, say probably is one of the best breeding cows about now, you know, and that was her, actually, her daughter we're showing at the minute, Voodoo Magic, and she's a couple other calves come along that are very promising. So uh, it worked out well because, uh, to be fair, we, we would have sold her that night if she won. A price tag got sold and was, was slaughtered, so it probably did work out for the best, you know what I mean? I I all kind of turned out for the best, doesn't it? Yeah, Some yeah, of these things are just meant to just be. Just meant know? to be, yeah. You know, well, then, suppose then we got into 2016 and, and we had another good year with a heifer called Annie Parr. And believe it or not, sort of ties in everything we are doing. And a, a big influence was it, it came from the Proctors at Swarland, Andrew Proctor, who's who's a good friend, and I would have helped him bring out yeah. some bulls. I know we had some success helping him at 22,000, 18,000. But so obviously, Andrew bred Annie Parr, who's reserve heifer champion at the Welsh that year first. But I suppose Andrew's biggest influence on me, and, and probably fair to say James Alexander as well, was he bred Swarland Eddie. And, and like between the two of us, what that bull has bred for the two of us is it's not even worth the cheese you'd be all day talking about some of the cattle you know he's had a massive oh, massive influence it. on both of us and i suppose i'll be eternally grateful to andrew because most of our cattle have are by eddie or have eddie in them that are breeding the ones we have now and he really really has left a a massive massive influence on us left a hell of a plates on cattle didn't oh, he that's one thing yeah. i mind yeah serious plates especially like that that's what like when i first seen them at james's was the plates on them and then like obviously he's the father of pocahontas taboo aurora or a lot of the ones we have now keely go back to them or are by him and a half a very good heifer we have at the minute called tinkerbell is pocahontas's full sister and she's by swirling daddy again and, and like she's going straight into right. a flushing program do you know what i mean so you know he, he he's right. had a massive massive influence on us and then that sort of probably yeah, follows then... into 2017, where we had a very, very strong year again. We had, I thought, one of my favourite show heifers, well, probably one of my favourite stroke butcher stroke show heifers was Taboo. Not not everybody's cup of tea, probably, but then a lot of people fell in love with another heifer we had that year called Fizzy Orange. And, and then we'll talk about a bit of a superstar, I think, in Jon Snow. But it, it was Aye. another it was another amazing year. So we started out at Balmoral where Taboo won her class and then she went on to the Highland and was reserve champion and then she came back and won the 
the Northern Ireland Commercial Cattle Exhibitors Club show and Toss that's a very important show because I think it's a bit hard to go and try and take these folks on across the water if you're not sort of maybe the common the best out of Northern Ireland. So we always hard to stick because you know to be fair for a small country whether it be pedigrees or commercials we do like to give it up to you we do like to give it to you folks across the water whether it be pedigree sales or our shows you know so we like I, to use uh, that I as a yardstick and and uh, i suppose 2000 taboo started off uh, a brilliant run for us we did the we did the three in a row at the northern iron club show which has never been done you know so she started that all off and i suppose a big thing that year was so dad got a phone call and it was from a friend in Aberdeen. Dad's probably favourite seal to go to, favourite place, always has been from the day in Ari what went with George was he loves going to the spectacular or the spring show, just loves the atmosphere, yeah. loved the people at it. He'd be very friendly with a, a man called Alan Taylor and they'd be very good friends. And so Dad got a phone call. He says, uh, there's a bullock going to Aberdeen. I think you need to go come and see him very very irish type that was okay got yeah. everything organized in the meantime i'd been speaking to james and I suppose in in the year since we maybe had that fallout at balmore james nesbitt's become a very very good friend and not only just on the show inside but he's a great help to me i think i need to know about sort of the farm inside you can always pick the phone up and yeah i'd speak to him once a day probably and yeah. he's been a great influence on me and I suppose sort of helps me in the fact is that he reins me in a wee bit and keeps me you know keeps on top of me with the butcher side of things where you know it is very important and I do understand that as well and James I, to be honest, I would call James a very good judge of a beast and like some of the cattle he's had himself yeah. have been bloody brilliant and there's one sticks out for me and I'm sure we'll talk about him in a bit uh, yeah. but uh, so he had James had judged John Snow and uh, he said to me, yeah, he's very good. It's probably is worth your dad going to see him. So got that all booked up and he went. And I always remember dad telling about, so we got to Aberdeen. He was in there early and I think he spent the afternoon before with Blair. There could have been a seal on. And then he seen the bullet coming in that morning. Or he seen the bullet coming in that. I think it was that he spent the afternoon with Blair watching a seal. And he wanted to be there early to see the calf coming in before it was anything done to him. Yeah. I think Craig's mouth yeah. hit the floor when he seen Dad watching him come off the trailer, and as soon as he seen, as soon as he seen him, Kaylee, he knew, you know, he just knew that that was, that was the that was it, and he was exceptional. And to be honest, he he was just coming to us, and that was it, no matter what. And we got him that day, and and uh, yeah, he probably is the best deer I've personally ever seen, and he just was just something so special about him, the width of him, and the correctness of him, and the head, him. but now. Keely, to be fair, I can't take any credit for John Snow. It was Dad Dad went, seen him, happy with him, and Cammy and Alan Jackson did the work with him and you know, fair play to them. They did an amazing job with him. And I suppose the only thing I can say I clipped him and but now it was a real team effort and you know, Alan and, and Cammy yeah. definitely deserve the credit. Like he did a serious thrive. You know, he, he to be fair to everybody concerned, he was very cavy. Do you know what I mean? He he literally was in that in-between stage he wasn't a bullock and he wasn't a calf but i think alan and cammy did enough to to bluff our way through the rest of the year and, and look he went on and he was reserve he was steer champion and then he was reserve overall champion at expo and you know very easily could have won but very easily could have been beating the bollocks you know, it just just totally depended what your preference was 
and it was actually it was nice yeah. nice too as well because a very good heifer from a, a good family friend leanne workman won that day and leanne's father would have always been a big supporter of dad especially at the start when you know you felt maybe you were just trying to get your foot in across the water and maybe not doing as well as you should but they showed a very famous blonde cow and won the highland and, and the royal with her and i'll never forget a bum more when he says he just says dermot keep at it keep going keep at it yeah. and that was nice for leanne and her family because it is it's a it's a brilliant experience to to, to win at expo you know absolutely yeah probably the best experience there is now in the job absolutely absolutely and i knew you had to uh, tell us a wee bit about about the same year, yeah, it? she was, and and she 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 won throughout the year a lot of first prizes and that. There maybe probably a wee bit unlucky, you know. A lot of people would have had her as favourite to win Agri Expo, and a lot of people thought she should have won the Welsh, and you know, just maybe got on the heavy side at the end of it. But that that's probably the 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 biggest thing we face with these Irish type cattle because we get so much par in some Keely. Like we could have cattle at fourteen months touching seven hundred kilos. Do you know what I mean? And that is yeah. probably the thing, 14, 15 months, six to 700 kilos, no problem. And there's nothing you can do about it. Do you know I mean, that they are what they are and it's what we like. And I suppose you're better showing what you like than, than something you don't, I think, anyway. And well, that's what dad maintains. Yeah. That's what he says has to be done. Yeah, that's what has to be done. <laughs> it wouldn't really be that enjoyable having the successes that you boys have with a beast you don't really like, would it? No, <laughs> you know? I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Gilly. But then I suppose it led in, yeah, and then I suppose it led into 2018, and I, I don't even know where you started about 2018, even thinking back and it just makes you smile, do you know what I mean, uh, possibly yeah. maybe the best year of showing we'll ever have, or, you know, I don't know if we'll ever repeat it again, to be honest, uh, so we had three very, very special cattle that year, it was Flo Joe, Strawberry Blonde, and Bruni, and yeah, I suppose the whole thing just kicked off at Balmoral where like, and and sorry, I can't forget Jon Snow. I can't forget Jon Snow because I need to give him a very <laughs> special mention here because the judge absolutely fell in love with him and her comment was, like he won his class, he won the heavy bullet class, but the yeah. judge's comment was, how what would people say to me at home if I put a seven hundred plus kilo bullock up to win? And 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 she was right. Like like you know you could not disagree yeah. with Julie. But he did look amazing that day as well. Like maybe uh, maybe the four best commercials together at the one time I would have seen. I mean like we obviously John Snow yeah. then went on to Southern Ireland, but you know the four of them together were an absolute picture that day. But you know what what can I say about Balmore? Like. We've been reserved that many times. We sort of thought maybe we were cursed never to win it. Uh, I think we have eight in total now reserves, but we uh, we finally got over the line in 2018. And oh, what what a way to do it, Kaylee! Like like we literally we literally won everything that day. So we won. Yeah. Flojo won the light heifers, and and Strawberry was reserved. Tiller and Bruni won the light bullocks, and then we lightweight champion reserve, lightweight champion, and then we had heifer champion. And then we got overall champion, exhibitor bred champion, and it was just oh, an amazing day, like a, a a day we'll never do again. The Balmoral, I couldn't see it, but it it didn't even stop That's there, it. you know. <laughs> no, no, then, it kept on going, didn't she? Yeah, Flo Joe just kept performing that week, and she got reserve junior interbreed to a fantastic heifer called Truman Noreen that I actually clipped as well for Henry. 
and then she got reserve overall interbreed champion again to Truman Noreen. So nice we think for myself to say it pretty much took out both champion and reserve in the both the senior and the juniors, you know. But I, I would I would have to say that, you know, on a on a per like not not in a personal but just that I know you were there, Kaylee, so you can back me up here, but a uh, Liz Vance was called in at short notice to judge and I suppose when yeah. we all heard the we all heard the news that Liz was judging, we thought, you know, lighter cattle could have a chance here and you look not everyone would agree with this in the fact is that a lot of people in the interbreeds maybe would say that you know you're sort of looking for a working cow and calf or or you know a stronger female but like personally i thought that lineup liz liz vance ended up with a bummer was just exceptional like her her three her three her pick her pick out in the three interbreed in the senior interbreeds was truman noreen flojo and then Dara McManus had a Charlie Heifer who, if I'm sure, came from Donna Knox. And I think this Heifer had previously won the Highland of New Yorkshire. And yeah, all I would say is three sexy ladies. And I, I think you would agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, aye, fair enough. They were, they were such a picture. And, you know, that's what Liz had said to me as well when I was reporting that just... They were just exactly her type of cattle, and they showed themselves so blooming well, didn't they? Like they yeah. knew they were sexy. They did. Just and and like to be fair, to be, to be fair, Kelly, if the Charlie had been first, Flojo second, Noring third, or Noring second, Flojo third, the Charlie first, you could have mixed and matched it any way you wanted, and I don't think there's I... one person could argue with this. No. Not at all. And the you know, when you saw I think Alfie Shaw took a photo of um Noreen and Flojo next to each other and just what a pair they were as well. They could have walked any pairs competition too, Aye, couldn't they? They were. And they believe were just... it or believe it or not, Kaylee, they they actually were so closely related. The the yeah. Truman Heifer, because obviously Flojo was by Truman Idol. So Noreen and Flojo were very closely related. Like except I actually think one of them could have been literally the auntie. I think that's the way it was worked out. You know, it was literally auntie and niece, you know, that was champion in reserve that day. They were that closely related. But, you know, as you say, but I, I don't want to forget the Charlie Heifer because I loved her. I I thought I thought yeah. she was going to win. Like, I thought just the power of her. And as you said, that head and ear she had. But the three of them, and I know, I know 99% of people will disagree with this, but to me, that was one of the best interbreed lineups I'd ever seen, and that's probably the commercial show calf head of me. As you said, three sexy ladies all knew they were sexy, correct, stylish, yeah. bums, plates, width, heads, ears just the type of cattle. Like, if you, if you could have said I could have put the other two heifers on the trailer to come home that day, I'd have been the happiest man alive. <laughs> snapped your hand off and the fact that your your junior interbreed champion in reserve Noreen and Flojo were also the overall it'll not be yeah. very often that that happens that they take I, supreme I, I don't even you know, know if that has happened quality. in any shows before no I don't I, I've never to be honest I've never seen the juniors being able to compete with the seniors like they did that year you know but that they, they were yeah. to it that day that was maybe I thought Flojo looked very well at the Highland too but I do think I do think Noreen and Flojo just were just blooming that day in May. I mean, they just were on point, and I don't know if either of them ever looked as good again. To be fair, aye, that's it. And and Flojo's success didn't stop there either, did it? She came across no, the water to to the Highland no, Show. We we went on to the Highland Show, and 
you know, it didn't stop there. She uh, she won the commercial section and Strawberry was reserved till her. Although I do think that some people started to think that maybe Strawberry Blonde was catching up. But I just think Andrew Anderson, who was judging that day, just said he just couldn't go past Flo Jo. He just said he just said everything was perfect about her on the day. Width, flesh, correctness, stylish. That width from behind. He says he just couldn't get past the width of her and the top. Um, and I suppose if anybody knows Andy, that's his type. Good head, big tops, correct, showy. Do you know what I mean? I'll never forget yeah. at, uh, at Balmoral. I was chatting to Sandy Hunter and he was he was telling me about, you know, there was obviously talking about going on to the Highland and, and there was other cattle in Scotland that were winning in turn. I just never forget Sandy said to, to Dad actually, he says, oh, it's not a hope. There's nothing's going to beat that at the Highland. Do you know what I mean? And, and he was right. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, just he just said Anderson wouldn't yeah. go past her and he was right, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it didn't it didn't stop there. You know, we so we came back home and, and the three, the three of them performed again. Flojo, Strawberry, and Bruni at the, again the Northern Ireland Commercial Cattle Exhibitors Club show, and and uh, we had an amazing day that day, Kelly. Again, like a probably a day that will never be done again at that show for us anyway. And so we we again literally won everything. A uh, won the won the heifer class, a uh, and then won the heifer championship with Flojo and Strawberry Reserve. And then Bruni won the steer section. He was steer champion. Then we got overall champion with Flojo, reserve champion with Strawberry Blonde. That was under Lynn Pedsley. And then Louise Allen judged. And we got Charlie champion, limousine champion, purse champions, exhibitor bread champions. I mean, it was just, it just didn't stop all day. It was, uh, it was an amazing day. But again, maybe people thought that Strawberry was starting to come. But I'm probably giving away a story now that maybe is just maybe nice just to tell about Strawberry and, and Fair on her and maybe then what she did go on to. We we were very lucky with Strawberry Blonde, Kayleigh. Eh? She had a very bad accident at Balmoral. Eh? We got the cattle to Balmoral and a young man, young boy, hit a stone off the wall. And believe it or not, it came back and hit Strawberry right in the head. And uh-huh. it sent her absolutely crazy, and she got stuck in the bars at Balmoral, and blood was going everywhere. And I thought she'd broke her leg, but she'd actually knocked all her baby teeth out and bitten her tongue very badly. So I was very lucky, friendly with a vet called Cahar McCauley, and he was there, and uh, we got her teeth pulled out, and we got her settled down, and, and got the blood stopped, and, and she settled down, and we got her showed that, that week at Balmoral. It was probably the best thing we ever did, was I thought about, should we just take her home, or get someone to take her home, but yeah. we let her lay there, and she, she got her showed, and I suppose that took the edge off her, and then a lot of people wouldn't realise that she only ate sugar beet pulp uh, to sh- probably a week, well, she didn't, she only ate sugar beet pulp to the Highland show, so she was probably the reason why she was a bit raw at the Highland show. And then when she came out home yeah. to the Highland, maybe she was starting to eat a bit a bit better. And about a day after got home and, and dad was feeding him. Now dad dad's in charge of the feeding and and uh, he just turned around at me and he winked and he says, uh, he says, We're away now and I didn't know what he meant but he says, Oh he says, Look in the truck and it was the first time she'd ever eaten a coarse ration fully by itself and cleaned it. And we're Bye. not big we're not big believers in weighing cattle, 
Kelly because we think you should judge by your eye and and the the thrive that Heifer did from that day till she went to Expo was I've never seen anything like it. I mean, she just it was as if just yeah. something had started like like a train gathering momentum and she was just hell bent on showing everybody finally she was back on track. She was fine again. Her mouth yeah. was right, and it was just like her saying, "This is my time to shine," and and she did like like it at Expo. I, like I stand got, back. Like, yeah, I stand back. It's my time now, and and she did like like suppose you know winning Smithfield for the first time, and especially being the first Irish winner, and that was Dad's dream, and that was massive, massive for us, and it was a lovely thing as a family, and the fact that you were able to help or make someone else's dream come true but suppose on a personal note and i'd say dad would agree that the fact that we bred her the accident she had that we nursed her through it and we got to it and and what she did at expo that day is probably probably the biggest thing we've ever done and i suppose the moment the moment that sticks out for me was not not the winning or, or getting tapped out in the ring was we like to do them up at the back area and down you know at the entrance you know at the very very bottom Kelly we take yeah. the stock in and so we got her done up yeah. and we started to walk down the big big long alleyway down to the collecting area and as I turned around I sort of caught this out the corner and I could see people starting to gather up yeah. the further we would go the longer this queue was getting behind me and when we finally got to that collecting <laughs> ring there was a circle around her and it was two or three deep and I've I've never yeah. seen it at the show before and I've never seen it since and just the amount of people just looking at her and it reminded you of she just looked like an old Smithfield champion. Like she she is the standard that you needed to get in that golden box at Smithfield and there she was just fluffy looking and teddy bear looking and she performed like a dream for Tam that day and when Tam came out of the ring he just said me fucking loves her <laughs> and I just knew we were all right then and oh, the day uh, you and me yeah the the day can be a bit of a blur, but you know it, it was a special day that. And when she got tapped out, champion, uh, it was just a great feeling for the fact she was homebred as well. Aye, aye, extra icing on the cake. And you said uh, McGregor's weren't really looking forward to taking a photo of her well, after the first time. Well, that time <laughs> at the Highland Show, so uh, we got champion, champion and reserve heifer at the Highland Show, and I'll never forget. So strawberry. And it wasn't fair in her, but she wasn't herself at all. But Catherine says to me, says, Gareth, get down your knee there. I want a picture of the two the two heifers where he says that it could be a long time before you or someone else does that again. So she says, you're getting in a picture. Because as people know, I don't like being in the pictures. But so we got that picture done. And then, then I give the halter back to Tam to get the stood fuckers because he, he's brilliant at that. And, and it took yeah. ages. Like, I felt sorry for Tam because he had a long day and he'd done Flojo. And then we were getting Strawberry Blonde done. And, she wouldn't settle at all and it wasn't really her fault so we eventually got a, a photograph of her but we turned up at expo and she won and and uh before we'd even got over uh the girls goes god not this one but they got her set up tam got her set up bang one goal and i was like couldn't believe it like literally like two seconds photograph was done and like the result was unbelievable it's probably one of the best photographs I've ever seen of a of a beast full stop. Just uh, I know people say it sounds biased that there goes your own beast, but look if you look at the picture, sure, it's nearly perfection for a commercial. Do you know what I mean? 
and that like Aye. and anybody that knows us knows that we are more critical on our own cattle but it was just it was a lovely way to to finish the year do you know what i mean like for for strawberry and that was a lovely way to absolutely to say and, and now she's she joins the rest of her stable mates trying to hopefully breed the next generation yeah breeding the next one and mm. and i so the last couple of years with covid it's been been sorely missed really isn't it oh, um, it's been awful, all these really, you know i yeah. not just showing her own stuff but the, the crack that you get at these things as well i think it's been oh, missed more than anything so absolutely desperate keely i mean I know, like, the likes of ourselves, like, obviously, everyone knows we're big Celtic fans, and I'm a United fan, although someone's trying to convert me to a Leeds fan, but, you know, we have the football and things <laughs> that, but uh, apart from football, we, uh, really, the cattle's really the thing we do, probably, like, a lot of people that are involved in this, I mean, they, they work hard, and, you yeah. know, that's the release, and they, they, you know, a lot, to a lot of people, this could be their holiday, or this could be the only time they, they see other people, Absolutely. so... You know, it, it is a big thing when it's not on. And I suppose 19 and 20 is a very, very mixed. 19 and 20 has been very mixed years for us, as in there has been successes. I probably started out with success in the limousines. I won at a bowl seal and had oops, Daisy did well at Balmoral in the Highland. But I suppose during COVID, the highlights would have to have been Maverick. Like, uh, that was a heifer Dad and Blair had together. And they had a few other calves that unfortunately were were caught up in, in the COVID and sort of missed their chance not there. But really, Maverick did stand out. And, you know, I mean, it was lovely for, for Blair and Dad that they, they got so much enjoyment out of her because, uh, you know, she she did she did a lot. Like, she, she obviously was the record price out of the Carlyle calf seal. So there was pressure along with that. But to be fair to her, she yeah. delivered. And then she was like, as a calf, she was reserve champion up a moral to a very good heifer from keith and tara williamson that went on to actually win yeah. tullamore for the maxwell family so you know she was in good company that day because that that heifer was a lot heavier and then she went on and fulfilled her full potential when she completed the treble for us where she won the northern ireland commercial cattle exhibitor club show so again she was queen of the north and then i suppose she she topped it off by breaking setting a new record price in northern ireland where she sold for nine thousand alums to go for future breeding so considering co yeah. and and she won the online highland show can't forget that the first online <laughs> highland show but you know yeah. for a heifer that was caught up in covid she didn't do too bad to be fair like you know i suppose we have to we just have to be like everybody else we were just grateful for what we what we did get out and i was i was glad for blair because uh, anybody that knows him, like Dad's known him for a long time since he Blair would have been a young farmer in Aberdeen and buying calves and you know, probably one of or if not the best characters in the job. An absolute gentleman. Uh, I don't think maybe people realise how important Blair is to the job. I, I know everybody sees him buying loads of calves or deer calves, but Blair puts a bottom in this market for a lot of people and yeah. helps a lot of young people get their hands on calves and you know, moves a lot of show calves that aren't maybe show calves, but would be very good bowlers. And if, if Blair wasn't at some of those seals, I mean, a lot of those calves would fall to the wayside because they're maybe not out-and-out -out show ones. And and probably one of the best judges of a beast I know, I would say Blair Dufton. I've yeah. seen him judge before. Like, the year he judged Alums was one of the best bits of judging I've ever seen. Absolutely. for oh, Just breeze through it and... You could follow him every way, and and he put two great cattle up. Gareth Corey had a super heifer that day that was champion, and Alan Veach had a an unbelievable Charlie Bullock. Just maybe not enough flesh on the day, but what a Bullock! And 
too serious here as cattle. And I really enjoyed Dad and I really enjoyed that day. We really enjoyed that. Alan's watching Blair and George was, was brilliant thing to watch but yeah a great character i tell you that's a man you want to chat to because he has some brilliant stories you know i know he i know blair blair will be itching to get back to the to the show season he loves that summer show season i'd be more more of a winter show person whereas blair loves the summer show circuit you know uh, they've got such a strong, such a strong season up in in Aberdeenshire up there. You know, it's about two solid weeks of just a show oh, here, every couple they're, of days. They're, so. they're a different breed of people up there, so they are, not they? They live for that two weeks, don't they? I always remember George and Dad talking about that two weeks, and I, I remember when George was looking for cast for Dad. He could have been away for four or five days, solid show after show after show. And the the. The amount of support that Blair gives to to the youngsters, you know, the young farmers, the ones that just have a bit of interest but don't know how, how to go about it. He's, oh. he's buying them calves. He's helping bring them oh. out and just honestly, uh, he's, he's a gentleman, but the, you know, great fun and uh, great. Yeah, he's great fun to be honest. Some we've had some great days with Blair. You know yes. I mean, and, and that that's the thing I remember most about all of this, Keely, is the days, the memories. You know I mean, yes, people turn to that's okay when yeah. you say you use of one, but. Really, it, it is. It's the memories you make with it. I mean, the people you share it with. That's what makes it so be the best. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, talking of uh, kind of missing the shows and stuff, you were back at Balmoral, the rescheduled one just last week, and with a, yeah. a daughter of of Pocahontas. Yeah. Firstly, Kelly, would have to just say credit to everybody that's tried to make shows go ahead this year. So obviously, the Highland went behind closed doors, but we were able to watch it online. Then. Obviously, Yorkshire was on there. I was at that with Beth, and it was uh, we had a great fun at that, and along with the rest of the Scottish clique, and I had a really enjoyable week there. And then obviously we had Balmoral on, and yeah, like the whole team at Balmoral did their utmost to try and encourage the public and make it safe. And you know, considering the circumstances, I'd have said it was a a great show, and the top end of stock would have been very very strong. And I would have said, yep. And then how are we getting on with this you know, uh, voodoo magic? Well, we we had a great show. So she won the lightweight class, and then she was reserve in the heifer section, then reserve overall, and then she went a wee bit further the next day, and she was reserve junior interbreed champion. So a second reserve junior interbreed champion, Paul Moore, which was lovely to win under somebody like John Elliott, who would be more seen as a. And I know John is big into like. Canadian turning show cat like that show cat job but you know someone that would be recognized as a more traditional Angus short horn it was lovely to do yeah. so well under him because I, I would I would call John a, a great judge of a beast do you know what I mean so it was lovely to do so well under him yeah and another reserve to add to the, the ticket yeah, hole from tomorrow. another I think that's I think that's eight in total now but at least we've got one yeah. one one winner anyway you know but look Keely all like all all the success we've had in that there it, it is amazing that there but I'm so lucky with the people that I have that I can call on like I de genuinely do have the best best team possible like like as you said earlier like like my brother's very very unknown but you know he's in the background and you know, he's amazing like he, he's brilliant with the cattle and he, he like if I have to go away like he, he'll just say what do you want done and it's done to the done to the letter of the law the way I, I ask it to be done and, and he's amazing and he's like he's brilliant with this like see if you have a cow getting a calf to suck out there he's brilliant at that stuff and it's sort of we can sort of bounce off each other and it gets the work done and, and like I, I, to be honest this week of a month, I have to give massive credit to Beth my girlfriend like she landed over on Friday before it and I suppose everyone was saying about how well 
voodoo magic look to now sort of like will I say something or not saying but like to be honest it was Beth clipped her and I have to put my hands up because dad was giving me stick about it then he was like oh Beth can show them and clip them he says it soon be no need for you and I could be getting a sack soon but I, I am beginning to wonder my position the more I do this do this podcast the more I begin to wonder am I even needed anymore <laughs> I'm, I'm only lock them out and that's leave it to the rest of the team <laughs> you know i'm a i'm i'm just a, a cog in a wheel a, a cog in the machine i think you know I, I definitely beginning to wonder now about myself but again like like you know bess had her own successes like this summer she uh, she won everything at wednesday deal show she won the commercials and the pedigrees and won the interbreed beat the dairy cow and you know she's won smithfield and, and the welsh show she comes from good stock and sure then like i've got steph and She's been a massive part of the team and our family from the from suppose from two thousand fourteen from the start and all the successes we've had yeah. together like Khaleesi and and uh, Flojo and Cookie and Pocahontas to name but a few and but look to be fair Steph's a very very talented young stock woman and she has her own successes obviously everybody knows the Ronick limousines and like her own Anguses and I suppose yeah. one of the the highlights for the two of us was Shows and Steph won the Anguses and. I remember we had a great kiss party that time because there was no point in splitting everybody up so at that Angus and commercial and kept everyone together and so we just worked out all the prize money and put all the I think it was over 600 quid and we just spent it all and drink and just landed back to the show with a couple of trolleys and just pushed it in <laughs> sat it in the middle and just told everyone to work away and that was an amazing night and, and then sure recently she's had the success with her blue texas at the Yorkshire and that was a good go her first time showing she won it and and then you've got oh. Tam Ellingsworth, like, sure, God almighty, you I mean, one of the best showmen in the business, and all the success he's had himself with Glen Rock limousines and world record prices, and, you know, it was lovely for Tam because uh, he showed Strawberry Expo, and, you know, it's just, just, he's been there for a long time now to him, be one of my best friends, and, again, it's, you know, doing it with your friends and, and the memories you make with them that makes it all worthwhile. And then, look, you've got more people. You've David Connolly from Brigadoon, who we'll talk about in a bit. James Ray's been a great help over the years. You know, he's one, I would say, probably the best young stockman in the UK at the minute. And he's the stockman at Chapelton and Shorthorns and doing an amazing job there. You've got Shane McCarville, now a qualified vet, but he's always been there at the shows with us a great help it was actually him and tam showed strawberry expo and you know there's other people being along the way cammy jackson he's setting out in a new venture with his partner rachel and good luck to them and he, you know he's another amazing young stockman and can't forget nern wiley and i can always ring nern up and drop of a hat he'd be there to help you again things he's achieved for different people for himself and like with a name like wiley if you weren't a good stockman there'd be something wrong with you and he's one of the best and, but i tell you an, another thing i would have to say Keelan people would have to thank is that obviously the ewing family and robert mccreary because uh, just how professional the job's done with them is the fact is that they would transport our cattle to all the shows back and forth and like i don't think people realize how important the use of their facilities are like it's like top class facilities and obviously you're allowed to use them and and to be honest i would say it's been the difference between winning and losing sometimes like i've seen some cattle of ours that haven't traveled that far come off the lorry and you're thinking jesus and then by the time they get settled and fed and watered and exercised at ewings and they're a different beast again and i, I would definitely have to put a lot of our success down to them and I, i've seen some bulls as well keely that have gone off the lorry 
and into Ewing's and you know it's been the difference between them making 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 plus, do you know what I mean? So I don't think I can yeah. underestimate the importance of the whole Ewing family and and Robert about how they've helped me over the years. And, and a big thank you to Mrs Ewing who has always kept me right on paperwork and things like that. I remember one incident was actually with Pocahontas where I was in a bit of trouble with her. It was a company had her doing a bit of work on her for me and they got the paperwork yeah. wrong and I thought I was in trouble with her and I think it was two phone calls from Mrs Ewing and, and the problem was sorted. So I'll always be indebted to them for, for the success we've had because people might, mightn't realise that, but there are things that really are the difference between doing well and not doing well. Uh, do you mean? No point in putting in all the work absolutely. and then fall at the last hurdle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But you've you've brought, helped uh, bring a bit of success to other folk as well along the way, haven't you? You said you, you clipped yeah. up Truman Heifer when she won at Beaumont and yeah, more well, too. Yeah, I've been very, very lucky with the people I've helped. Like, obviously, Truman Limousines and, like, oh, the success we've had helping Henry and the rest of the family has been unbelievable. Like, I think we've had three interbreed Bonnoral champions, I think five Carlisle Bulls heel champions and then throw in a world record price. Wasn't a bad goal, was it? But to be uh, fair now, to be fair now, I think uh, I think definitely, definitely gonna steal a wee bit of credit on that Jagger one because I think we had to clip him four or five <laughs> times just to get him the way I wanted. But but no, definitely really uh, enjoyable times and great great fun, you know, like that's what I say, like fun along the way and you know there there has there has been others too, like a Brigadoon Charlie's I've obviously mentioned David already but oh I remember getting a phone call from David and he just said that they'd like to go in a different direction and I could have meet them and went down and, and just said they'd like to take a team of calves to the show and could I clip them the way I clip our commercials or give them advice maybe how they should be brought out in a more modern style and we got off to a flyer there yeah. and it, it's never really stopped and I know a lovely thing for me with the Connellys like so David Albert and Marie are like family and uh, a big thing for a big personal satisfaction for me was one of their biggest achievements was they took a team of bulls to Stirling and the bull called Maverick that I loved and he got intermediate champion and then they had the group of three which I think was the first time anybody from Northern Ireland had won that in the Charlie so that was a massive achievement for them and and to be honest the guy can David be a very good close friend and I can phone him up and he's part of the team and helps the shows and that as well and I suppose l- lately now I've been helping Gory Cam Limousine so that's Stephen Stephen Reel and <coughs> his wife Brona and they're a lovely team and you know, we've had some great success already for them like some great polls over the years and great prices and I suppose my favourite that I've helped Stephen with would have been Phantom and he sold for 24000 recently and uh, Stephen's become a big part of what we do now because he's heavily involved with our flushing and suppose we maybe yeah. kind of go a wee bit of a different direction with the flushing and you know Stephen's definitely a big influence and you know great judge of cattle as well and how I like about Stephen is he, he's never afraid to tell you what he thinks and that's what you like to hear sometimes yeah. from from that's people nice. that you know from people that are that are involved like you like people to say you know you don't want to hear what you want to hear you want people to to say what they really think do you know what I mean I absolutely I good, bad or ugly, it's still good yeah. to get a bit of input from other yeah, folk, isn't it? You need that feedback, you know. Yeah. And and talking about limousines, you've you've started up your own herd and a pretty successful start it was too. Uh, tell us a wee bit about them. Well, I have to go back a wee bit in time first, if you don't mind, Kaylee. So 
I think it was 2000. So obviously, uh, William Smith would be a family friend through dad and they'd, be, they'd have been quite friendly over the years. And he says to me, he says, we're going to see something today. And I says, great. I loved, used to love when we were small, when I was younger, going on, on trips with dad and looking at Catlin. Like we would have thought nothing of traveling the length and breadth there and trying to find that show winner of that. But he says, we're going yeah. to Lasiel today. And that was okay. So we got to Old Castle and got to the farm and oh, it was all really well done that day. It was just lovely sawdust all over the place and straw bales built up everywhere and a massive ring made and oh, there was beautiful homemade cooking and food and tea and I thought this was great and I sat up on the bales and I had my catalogue and thought this was great and seal started and Ah, God Almighty! I thought the people were playing the lot. I didn't know what was going because I'd never seen anything like this before. And so Willie Seal started, and I think I think records were smashed that day. I think he might have broke the Irish record a couple of times that day. But like, there's one I can actually name them still. Like, there's one stick out me. I think Rosetta made twenty one thousand. Senorita forty two thousand. Yeah. Senora seventeen thousand. Risa twenty one thousand. Shania thirty thousand. And to be honest. <laughs> I would say that was the moment where I said someday I'd like to have them, because like I was just thinking this is Bye. this is this is lotto numbers. I mean this is like what people win the lotto at that time. I mean you're thinking this man's getting this for cattle, and it just absolutely blew me away. And then I would have to say that like a good friend Henry Junior, like he he had a massive massive influence on me, wanting to have limbs. And I suppose you know it was David and Henry sources will look your helping people bring out these other top-end pedigrees, you know, you need to have a go yourself. And, you know, look, the thing yeah. has been been very, very lucky and, uh, you know, we've had success at Carlisle and Hine. Like, I think the Limb Society, I think, said that, like, so when we won with Nidge, where he, he was my first registered calf, I think that was a wee bit of history in the fact that the first ever registered calf went on and won a society seal. And, you know, Nidge has been brilliant. Yeah. He, uh, went on to Gary Von Limousines to Terry and his dad and they're lovely people and he couldn't have went to a better home and I think he's over a hundred well the guts of a hundred calves maybe registering within three years which I think is amazing and I think Terry has his yeah. first couple of calves coming off in October so can't wait to see them and and uh, and then he, I think he think his first strongest team from actual Nidge Bowls will be February so looking forward to that and then obviously we had the success with Oopsie Daisy, where you know we showed her up on Moral, and I thought I had Willie Smith beat, but Doogie switched it just at the end, and and we ended up reserve and Willie. Do you know what I mean? Like to say that you beat that man would have been a, a lovely thing. But she went on and, and she was junior champion reserve at the Highland, and she was only beat by Alfred's heifer that has won. I don't think that heifer was ever beat. Maybe I think I'm right in saying I think she won every show. Yeah, I think think she'd won everything, Kaylee, that year. So, you know, it had a great start to the right. to the limbs and we've got some ones coming along and you know, I suppose hopefully between myself and Beth, you know, we would have plans to try and increase the limousines and we've got a few other ones coming along the pipe some nice ones coming along now, Ronick Ruth and Emsley's uh, Richie's Princess Errol and you know, a few other ones and right. they you know, yeah. some, some nice things come along, Kelly. But as you know yourself, the pedigrees, it just takes a wee bit longer. And, you know, I suppose yeah. have to just stick at it. You know what I mean? If we could, if we could ever, our, our, our aim would be to try and get the pedigrees to the standard we have the commercials. And I think if we could, if we could get close to that, I think we'd be all right. 
<laughs> if you can get close to that, you'll be doing just fine, I think. We'll, we'll be is doing there okay. is there much different you look for in a you know in your pedigree limousines or your your commercial well, side? Are you kind of thinking the same lines? I know, or? I know there'll be people screaming at the whoever they're listening to this on and. But no, probably not, Keely. I know a lot of people out there are probably thinking when they hear the small name, oh, extreme commercials. But I, I genuinely don't think we've ever shown an extreme beast or a freak. Do you know what I mean? I think we try to look for something yeah. with maybe just a wee bit more width and bone than maybe your typical UK beast. But good head, good tops, correct, good legs, a bit of width. Uh, I suppose... You know, between myself and Dad and Beth, sort of the the view we would have on the limousines is probably more commercial minded. Look at them, and the fact is that we be thinking that top end commercial bull show calf bull. I think I think people can get lost very easy trying to breed this magical underground bull. If you breed it for a year, but I think if you can, I think the beauty of the limousines, and I think as limousine breeders, we need to just be very careful and don't lose sight that what sets the limousine breed apart from any other breed is any breed can get massive prices because there's wealthy people in all breeds. The difference between the limousines yeah. and the other breeds at the minute is the commercial men are willing to pay 10000 no problem for the bulls. So I think if you focus on that market, you'll not go too far wrong. Thanks. And any other big prices along the way are just a bonus then, aren't just they? Just a bonus, absolute bonus territory, do you know what I mean? absolute bonus yeah. that's what that's the way we would look at it you know but but look Keely, I, I i've been very lucky in the fact is that you know it's the people who have influenced me really like i i genuinely i i slightly embarrassed doing this because i don't think i've personally achieved enough you know but like a lot of what i've talked about here is dad's success and maybe at the end of it, i've put my own twist on it with the help from friends and mark and yeah. that do you know what I mean but definitely definitely it's it's definitely all dad's influence and i suppose the two biggest single influences on me would have to be dad and sean o'brien firstly as in dad because i know everybody thinks their dad's a superhero and, and to me dad is superman i mean just i know some people know the situation at home with mum and that there but what we've achieved together and everything we've done like he he is he is my hero and he always will be but hey uh, I suppose he's taught me everything generally about cattle and, and to me he is the best judge of a commercial beast without doubt. Like what he's done, yeah. the cattle he's bought and the cattle we've bred, I think proves that. And and for me personally, the two thing two things that would stick out to me was the biggest compliment I could give Dad is that he stayed relevant. And I'm not sure if there's many people in the job that's been at it as long as he has can say that. And you know, I mean like and um, you know trying to be honest about it like from so he started out in 96 winning and then 2000s 10s 20s and he's still going and we're into the 20s now and yeah. he's still there or thereabouts and i'm not saying we've always been at the top but to be fair dad hasn't been far away from the top the whole time and that's that's the biggest Hi. compliment i would give him and then on another personal note when he got inducted into the hall of fame at the northern Ireland commercial Cattle club that was a lovely a lovely thing for us as a family yeah. and and to be honest, i know i've said it before Kelly, but it, it's not the winning it's just being among your peers like the people i've talked about throughout this is just and and that all we've ever all we've ever wanted is people to say well he's a good cattle he's bring them out well and he's he's deserved to be here i mean and that that's all that's all we've ever wanted and then i have to give 
huge credit to Sean O'Brien. In my opinion, the best stockman of this generation, without shadow of a doubt, hands down, a a massive, massive thing for me. Sean's probably a bit like Marmite, either love him or hate him, but he is what he is, and what you see is what you get with Sean, and that's what I've always liked about him, and he taught me so much, and, and Sean was sort of a person that, you know, maybe didn't, like, didn't pull you aside and says, well, look, Garrett, this is how you do it, and this, this, and this, but Sean was a man that if you watched, if you couldn't learn off Sean how to do the job, there's something wrong with you. His Aye. attention to detail is, like, probably virgin on OCD, but that's the <laughs> difference between winning and losing. And some people might think this is a bad thing how I explain this, but Sean taught me how to win, and I'll be forever grateful yeah. for what it takes. And it was sweet things that people might find stupid, but Sean was always a great believer, and if a beast isn't happy in itself, it'll never thrive here. And I've always found that. So that's one thing I always look for. Is that beast happy? Is it content? Uh, the same principles yeah. of feeding would be little and often uh, small pains. Sean was a great believer in exercising them, exercising them, getting them to physically exercise. And yeah, he taught me a lot about feeding, clipping, presentation, what it takes to win, attention to detail. And yeah, to, to me, I've said it before, but without doubt, the best stockman of this generation, the cattle he bred himself, the cattle he showed, the type of job he was doing at, at Hairstone with the Charlies. Like, I remember helping him at one sale. Bloody hell, what a team. But, I mean, yeah. you know, he's just a very, very gifted man with cattle. And then, then there was other people that uh, I have to mention. Like, you know, obviously I've already talked about Walter and Trevor. And then, like, you know, I suppose... I probably have a wee bit of a different take on George, as in maybe he was just from that generation he was from. I would have felt George was probably a bit hard on me, as in, like, I wasn't allowed to show any of the cattle. But then George probably would have turned around and said that I mean, that was his job and it was his responsibility to bring them out and show them to perfection. Uh, maybe Dad should have pulled them on a few things when we look back in reflection. You know I mean, he uh, maybe took the enjoyment out of a wee bit and maybe created the impression that we were just there to win when it wasn't really but George was an amazing stockman and brought our cattle out professionally and to a very high standard at every show and I'd be forever grateful to him for what he did for dad and yeah. there was another man at that same time that was very good to me was Jim Donald and I know a lot everyone would know him like famous families like the McGregor, the Bins, the McKechnies and people that were winning and that and he would have been from the same generation as George and I suppose maybe he I think he always thought George was a bit hard on me. So I remember being at shows where I would have helped Jim more than I actually helped George with their own cattle, which sounds a bit ridiculous when you look back at it now, but he always used to me, Come here young'un, come here young'un and uh, he was very good to me. And he like especially again like the instance at the Cali, if you seen the yeah. Cali's he would say, Come on, we'll go for a cup of tea and we'll tell you stories and I'll be ever grateful for Jim because I was sort of a funny age and I was a wee bit in between everybody else that was shown at the time and yeah, Jim yeah. Jim was always very, very good to me, to be honest, Kaylee. And I liked him a lot. You know, he's a very, very nice man. Yeah. He's very good to me anyway. Absolutely. And so what about some of your favourites along the way then? You said Pocahontas well, and John Snow. 
Well, I knew, what else is up there? We, I knew this was coming because a lot of people have tried to quiz us on this before. So in preparation, Dad and I had an hour, maybe, conversation about different cattle over the years. And I suppose, yes. if you don't mind, killing, I'm going to split it into commercials and then pures. And right. firstly, I don't want to offend anybody. I, I'm going to need, there's a top three here. And I'm going to name them. And then I'm going to name a few other cattle that stuck out over the years. And I'll, I'll explain why these top three commercials are here. And so, number one, out on his own, no competition, not even close. It's the bandit. And yeah. for a number of reasons. One was that was the beast that set the, the torch alight inside that. So there is a very special place in him. Now, at the time, Dad would even put his hand up and say he didn't really know what he was looking at. But looking back and on reflection and seeing the cattle now, the biggest compliment Dad can give to Ewan and Donald was that the bandit's probably... The, and this, this, I'm, this is sort of quoting Dad, because I, I never seen the bandit was. The bandit is probably the only beast that was a game changer as in probably yeah. changed everything about the job as in where the job was going more of a continental influence presentation clipping maybe legs a bit tighter and bum a bit tighter when you see how he's presented and just to have the balls that the McPhersons did to win the winter fair not sell them take them to London and win and, and do a double that I don't think was ever done again can't ever be done again yeah. you know it's just history making and I suppose probably sums up Ewan and Donald doesn't it really do you mean the balls to do it uh, did it history making it's the band that probably rubber stamps their place as the number one family at the job and I don't really yeah. think that's up for question and I think that's what puts the bandit and the McPhersons out at number one, in our opinion. Uh, yeah. Number two, and we talked about this beast for quite a while and struggled about putting this one in and tried not to mention any of our own beasts, but considering some of our own cattle we haven't put in, I think she deserves to go in It's Strawberry Blonde. And I yeah. don't think there's many people could argue with that in the fact is that you know, so many people. Strawberry Blonde was a wee bit love, bit like Marmite again. You either loved her, you hated her. Probably a throwback to a traditional Smithfield London champion, but picture perfect. That's how I would describe her. Picture perfect. Uh, yeah. I don't think there has been and ever will be a show heifer for a long, long time, or if there ever will be, that just creates a buzz like she did at Expo. And for that reason, she makes number two. Number three is a favourite of a lot of people, and ourselves included, because we actually tried to buy her, was <laughs> none other than Dancing Queen. And yeah, a lot of people would have her number one. Now, maybe the reason why she's number three on our list is, to the Scottish people at that time, they wouldn't have seen a lot of Charlies like Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen came along and was just teddy bear looking with probably Irish power and they maybe hadn't seen one like that whereas 
likes of ourselves were more used to seeing that Coulard type Charlie in Southern Ireland. But now yeah. he was absolute perfection, turned out to perfection, shown to perfection by, in my opinion, the Queen of the Ring, Lynn Dunlop, who I'd need to be careful here because I'm very friendly with Stuart Dunlop. But I suppose I had a bit of a show crush on Lynn and loved watching her. <laughs> absolutely loved watching her in the ring along with like there's so so many amazing ladies at this job now like to be honest Kaylee, like we don't the men aren't even needed in this job anymore the the women can clip them feed them turn them out show them you know need to watch yourselves you are taking over but dancing queen yeah number three dancing queen number three yeah and he, he, he i think that was it by the time we got through it i think those three stood out you could mix and match them whatever way you wanted but yeah the bandit Easy number one, two strawberry blonde, yeah. three dancing queen. Uh, yeah. There was there was a lot of other ones. Like we had a bit of a discussion about bollocks. So there's there's there is three bollocks that sort of jump out for us as in three bollocks we we liked over the years. So obviously number one's John Snow. Just in the fact is that I don't I think it'd been so long since we'd seen a steer like him. Even everybody, do you know what I mean? I know a few people didn't like him that year, but you know, to the majority of people, for a steer to be that good and like credit to Craig and his dad for breeding him, he, he was pretty special. Then number two, it's a bullock that I feel a wee bit guilty about considering how friendly we've become is um uh, maybe this time from James Nesbitt. Uh yeah, he was a very good bullock that just unfortunately came up against Khaleesi all the time, and yeah, hopefully you know James will will have his day someday because you know like like everybody everybody deserves their day at this job, and then in number three, Kaylee, we have a bullock that was shown by Clyde Barnett and family. I think I believe he was actually. Pierce McNamee's breeding, but he was a black bullock, and I got to judge him and put him up at Ireland champion Old Castle. Now, I might try and find a picture so people can see him, but he was a tremendous bullock. Like, width, style, correct, just an all-round brilliant bullock. But now, look, Kaylee, there's been some amazing animals, and I, I feel a bit guilty talking about this. Like, like an animal, pers- like personal animals I liked over the years. So, there's one I'd like to say is Betty Bop. She was shown by the Vance's bred by James Little and his dad at the guards. In my opinion, and a lot of other people, probably should have been the first commercial to win the Interbreed at the Highland. Genuinely thought that yeah. was the day a commercial was going to do it. Then I'm trying to think of other ones. You've got like some of the ones Tequin Jones has showed, then Black Beauty Heifers. Uh, you've got Mo from Stuart Bett, like she was a tremendous heifer, probably a wee bit early yeah. in her time. Do you know what I mean? If she'd have been about now and the way you can soap cattle and that probably would have been been more suitable. You 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 could you could go through other cattle that McPherson's have had, like a price tag that they won with and sure like some of the ones they won with in their earlier years. Then you've got all the cattle that Dunlops won with. Do you know you nearly you nearly feel guilty leaving some of them out. But there was, there's been some amazing showings over the year. One, one of my favourites was, you know, some of the cattle in, in Southern Ireland were, you know, a totally different type. There was Gareth McGuinness showed a heifer called Mercedes, and like she, she won for three years in a row, and she was a fantastic beast. And you know, you had other ones like, 
you know, the, the battles Sean O'Brien and Pierce McNamee used to have with cattle. Like, I love some of the cattle. Sean showed Chanel and they had a black heifer. And there was a black heifer him and Jack won Tullamore with. And I always liked that. Heifer Pierce bought out of Alums that the McKenna's one with called I think he was called Gizmo and you know these were heifers that were then showed on about nine hundred kilos to a ton weight, Kelly, and that's that's where I I secretly love them. Do you know what I mean? Like just the pure power of them just blows you away, and, and I suppose they they do make great cows, but the, there's that many good commercials that it was it was hard to to nail it down to three, but I think the three I spoke about are very special and. Suppose then you move on to like the pedigree side, and again, this is a tricky one. You've seen, seen so many, and I mean, involved with so many, so many good ones over the years. And but for me, there's one lady stands out number one, and I suppose for a lot of reasons one, the three judges that put her up, and two, the fact that the breeder had the balls and the skill or stockmanship to bring her out three years in a row at three different stages in her life cycle and I think people have worked yeah. it out because she doesn't really need no introduction is it's ginger spice and uh, water cow. yeah and the second year in my in 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 my own opinion is probably my favorite I, I don't know what Willie thinks about that but uh, I, I'll never forget so the southern cattle were at the bottom of the shed and she had to walk up the whole way up through the through all the the paddocks in the show and to get to the top ring and I still think she was the same width when she was about 200 yards away from me that's how good she was do you know what I mean she just had this presence yeah. and, and style about her and oh, just what what a cow like we'd all love to have one wouldn't we like her absolutely uh, and then the proof that she's bred so much as well oh, just says it all yeah. about her doesn't yeah it? And, and and to be honest they're probably probably two of her best offspring are 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 actually at Willie's two daughters of hers, two Elgin daughters of his own, and I think they've got caught up with COVID, not really being shown, but I, I know they are pretty special. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with them moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, in second place, I've got two joint beasts, if that's okay. Uh, <laughs> firstly, Truman Noreen, who, for me, as a junior, was maybe as good as it got, although. I don't think Henry realises how close it was between her and Flojo that day at Balmoral, but that's a discussion for another day. Uh, Truman Noreen, I, I loved her. I loved her. As you said, yeah. Kelly yourself, the plates on her from behind. I suppose on a personal level, I just would love to see what she might have been like that next year. I don't know what Henry's thoughts on that. We never actually discussed that, but it would have been interesting to see what she'd have been like that second year. But as a junior, probably as good as it gets, Kayleigh. I, I know you've seen it yeah. yourself. I, I think you'd probably agree. Uh, oh, she's up there. For joint, joint second would have to be Bailey's Ice Princess. And I don't want people thinking yeah. this is a, this is being biased towards these Irish pedigrees, but like the three I, I've said like so far are just phenomenal. Like what would all three have made in the open market? God knows. Like really, it would be scary what type of money they could have made. And Ice Princess was no different. Like tremendous heifer, tremendous cow. I remember giving Carl a hand at the the big Lemmy show when she won, and, and like a cow with so much power and shape, and a bag of milk, and a good calf, and just a tremendous cow, and breeding very well, and, and look brought out to perfection by Carl. Carl 
would have been a big influence on me when I was younger. He would have clipped our cat on. To me, probably one of, or if not, the best clippers there is. And the fact is that if Carl likes your beast, he's the man you want to clip it. If he doesn't like it, don't let him clip it. But if he likes it, <laughs> best man to clip a beast. And the thing I liked about Carl was, and what I learned from him was, you see people maybe clipping cattle and they're taking for ages and you're thinking, what are you doing? Just leave the beast alone. Whereas if a beast took five minutes to clip, that's all Carl would do to it. If it took an hour and needed to clip, and yeah. that's what Carl would spend on it. And I suppose one of the things I'd learned from maybe Carl clipping was is that there's no there's no actual real skill in clipping, as in the fact is that anybody can pick up a set of clippers. The art in clipping is knowing the cattle or the beast to know where to take the hair off. That's the art in clipping, and I suppose that's the biggest thing I'd have to take from Carl and what he would have explained and showed to me. And you know, I'd be very grateful for Carl. I got on very well with him when I was younger and still do now. And you know, he's doing a brilliant yeah. job himself, breeding some great cattle. And then in the third place, and by no means last by saying third, is a heifer that I like. Not everybody's cup of tea, and, and she's not in here because of friendship, because our friendships with the friends that help me this do not work like this. We're always brutally honest with each other when it comes to cattle, but Glenrock Illusion. And it's not because she made the world record price at the time. And to me, if you want a double gene carrier beast, I don't think you can get any better than what she was. She had length, style, what a head, and, you know, an absolute machine of a heifer. And again, I said it before, not everybody's cup of tea, but for me, I'd love to have her. If I had her, I, I genuinely think I'd be taking Carlisle Bowls every year out of her. I just think, I thought she was a very special heifer that day at the Highland Show. I loved her. And yeah, I, I thought she was a very special heifer and I thought she was an absolute credit to the Ellingsworth. So I don't yeah. think, it's hard to go past them four beasts, like there's Ginger Spice, Truman Noreen, Bailey's Ice Princess, Glenrock Illusion, and uh, I really don't think, look, though, there's other cattle out there, maybe maybe probably more maternal types, but then that's probably the commercial side in me, thinking that, you know, I suppose in my mindset, I, I believe that a limousine cow should be fit to breed a Carlisle bull, because at the end of the day, if you want to sell limousines that's we need to sell them at Keely. it has to be in Carlisle do you know what I mean and that would be my my take on the job anyway Keely. you know but eh, I suppose Keely, like there's other other people I'd need to think like I suppose the obviously a person I need to say a big thank you to is, is to Ronald Dick Stefstad and he's been a great help to me over the years and another person that I can pick the phone up and ask questions about things and you know, he's he's been very good. That's where our cattle stay at after the shows, obviously with the new rules and now they have to stay longer and you know, Ronald's very accommodating and you know, he's a really great man and, and to be honest, it's probably a loss to the breed that he's so quiet and reserved because maybe the way the limbs are at the minute we could maybe do with people like Ronald speaking up a wee bit more and saying what he thinks because he's a very, very knowledgeable man and he's a great man to listen to and I suppose... Yeah. The Scottish clique in general, uh, I suppose at the start when we started showing, they uh, probably didn't feel the most comfortable uh, at the shows and just wanted to go to the shows and go home. And then I got older and friendlier with the likes of Steph and Tam and James and Stuart and 
the rest of the crew, you've got the Vances, you've got hey, Jeannie McKay, and you've got Donny and Big George McFadden, and then you've got all the younger crew, you've got Stuart Dunlop, and you've got Andrew Weir, and you've got Andy Ireland, you've got Ross Johnson, you know, and we really do have an amazing, amazing group, and we just all get stuck in and help each other, and we go to the Scottish, and then on the down to the Welsh, and the lorry, and the bus, and you know, it's probably the most enjoyable times I've had now at the show, and is and again, I've said it before, and people say, it's okay because you said you've won, but no, it's the, it's the people that have made the shows, and I think maybe COVID have shown that, that missing the people and the crack, and yes, it's nice to do well and that, and it is, like, when you're trying to breed them and you're putting that pressure on yourself to breed them and do well, you, look, you have to do well too, but you can't win all the time, and I suppose making the memories with your friends is, is always the, the highlights with it now, and I suppose having... Beth involved now as well is brilliant because you're, you're you're making memories and doing stuff together and it's great that you have someone that's in, like likes the job so much as well and you know suppose that's yeah. what I'd have taken out of the the whole last twenty odd years is that cattle come and go but the people are always there Kaylee you know and they're the friends you have yeah. for life absolutely and you'll be you'll be heading back across the water at the the end of next month for the the uh, Agri Expo again? Yeah, well, well, I would go, go across for the the bull sale first in October. Uh, Beth would have bulls for herself, for herself, and obviously want to go across and see Nidge's first progeny, and then yeah. obviously got Expo, and then into the Christmas shows, and yeah, we'll see see what that comes, and then I suppose it's back to the drawing board planning for the future, and we'll see what I'm comes of that. The next batch. Yeah, well, I suppose yeah, that the, the ultimate goal would probably be to uh, maybe try to have our, our own. My thought would be to have, obviously, pure limbs come along, but like to have our own commercial seal within the Carlisle H&H sale in March eventually. And, you know, maybe do it a wee bit different, doesn't like offer them like pedigrees with a, a like in a catalogue with a pedigree that goes with and tell them exactly how they're bred. And in fact, all the calves would be at a winner. So, that's maybe a direction I'd like to go in the future, but we'll see uh, what comes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'd have a strong customer base there anyway, that's for sure. The the dream behind those cows you've got just now is unbelievable. Well, hopefully, Kayleigh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what comes in the future anyway. Uh, absolutely. And you've got two coming across to for doing the winter show circuit? Yeah, that that's the plan at the minute. Voodoo Magic and Atomic Blonde, who's actually Strawberry Blonde's first calf, so... We'll see how those two ladies get on, you know. I got big shoes to fill, though, haven't I? <laughs> I to be honest, both of them are big shoes to fill, but they're 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 equally good in their own right, aren't they? And I suppose we'll just see how see how they go, Kaylee. You know, well, not put no pressure on them. They'd, at the end of the day, if they do well, they will be sold. But if they don't, they'll make great cows. So one way or the other, they'll right. they'll do do something somewhere along the line, hopefully. Thanks. Grand. Well, we wish you the best of luck when you're when you're back across competing, and I hope Nidge's calves are looking well when you see them at Carlisle. Yeah, I'm excited to and, see them. Uh, yeah, we'll see them. Absolutely. I uh, and we'll probably see you there, and if not, at the expo. Perfect, Kelly. Thank you very much. Thanks very much okay. for speaking to us. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's podcast, which was kindly sponsored by Harbro, suppliers of quality commercial and pedigree feeds and expert nutritional advice. Visit their website or find them on Facebook for more information. 
And while on the subject of Facebook, why don't you visit the Top Lines and Tales Facebook page where you'll find photographs and more information to back up this episode.